insane. So it was great. So shot team, you guys are more amazing. Yeah, let's do the clapping thing. Shot team. Super good. So cool. Hey, Etu, still stand up. Hey, just go and find a couple of people and say, Kia ora. super good to see you. Or Buenos Dias, you could say Buenos Dias to some people. Cool, cool. Alrighty. Enohoa, have a seat, eh? Enohoa. Have a seat. Whoa. Whoa. Cool. Good to see you all, eh? Super good to see you. Hey, um, so this morning's a bit of a different sermon. So as you know, we're in this like apologetic series. So apologetics is like defending the faith, right? Defending the faith. So that's kind of where we've been going over the last few weeks and, and so on. And this morning I'm going to talk about different religions, right? So I'm going to attempt in like 30 minutes to compare Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism, and Christianity, right? In 30 minutes. So good luck. I need to make two disclaimers. One is massive generalizations, right? So if you know much about religions, even Islam, which is pretty tight, there's multiple sects. Um, if you get to Hinduism, there's just so many sects, it's crazy. So I'm having to just look at, at a very generalized version of Hinduism or Islam or whatever. Um, and the other one is, yeah, i got 30 minutes, so I'm just kind of picking some key little points for us, right? Um, and what I want to do is, is compare these religions, and I'm just going to compare... Um, Islam, Buddhism, and Hinduism, and at the end, we're going to look at Christianity. How does Christianity compare to these, okay? So that's kind of where I'm heading, right? Um, let me start with a bit of a story that's a bit personal to me about all this. So um, I lived in Hamilton a whole bunch of years ago, right, and went to Wintech, and while I was at Wintech, so I grew up in a Christian family, but I, my, my growing up was pretty bad, right, and I've talked to you about that before, pretty rough upbringing, and so the reality that Christianity was true was just not on the cards for me. So I'd grown up at a camp in the 70s and just bad stuff happened to people growing up at camps in the 70s, and you can imagine. And so, and a lot of the people coming to the camp were Christians and it was all pretty crazy. So when I left home, the, 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 the thought that Christianity was true was like, eh, not even on the cards, right? But I was really searching, and it's that classic thing. I was really searching for truth because I was like, man, Christianity's not true. What the heck is true? And so... Um, I, uh, I remember going through Garden Place and there was a Hare Krishna um, handing out little books. You know how they often hand out those books and stuff, right? Um, and I'd stopped and had a really cool chat with this guy. And he was like the nicest guy in New Zealand, right? And we had this really cool chat for ages. And I left and I went back a few other times um, and had chats with him. And he was such a lovely, really cool guy. And because I'm super suspicious, I would sneak around the corner and watch him when he couldn't see me watching him to see if he was still like the nicest guy in New Zealand. Because people were quite rude to him and I wanted to see, you know, when people were rude to him, did he like punch them or, you know, I don't know. So I don't know. So I wanted to watch him without them. But he was super nice, right? And so after a while, he invited me to, it was real funny, they'd made a, they, they owned a house, the Hare Krishna guys owned a house in Claudelands, and they just removed all the middle walls, which I'm sure was not a good idea. They just literally smashed them out and turned into kind of this commune temple kind of crazy thing. And so they invited me over there. So I went over a bunch of times. They just had a whole bunch of mattresses around the walls, and you'd just sit and chat and eat like great food. They always had really good food. And so I'd gone a few times and just really loving it, right? I was really enjoying these people were so accepting and I was pretty messed up. So I was, I had dreadlocks and I smelt and I was pretty crazy, right? And my dreadlocks were like nasty. You know, that's another whole long story, right? I was pretty messed up. And they were very loving and accepting and just and fed me and all this. It was really cool. Um, and then one day they said, hey, we're going to have, and I can't remember the word, but it was like a, what we'd call a worship service, right? And they said, do you want to stick around for the worship service? And I was like, 
yes, I do. And so we spent about five hours uh, in this room chanting and all that stuff as you do as a Krishna. Now, this is where it gets weird. If you'd asked me in the middle of that worship time, have you found truth? I would have gone 100%. I would have said, I have finally found the answer to life, to truth. This is fantastic. These people are loving. They care for me. They accept me. This chanting time, oh my gosh, so fantastic. Great, right? And then a thing happened, which if you want to hear the story, come and ask me afterwards because it's a bit crazy. A thing happened that was the most terrifying time in my life. And I just went, oh my gosh. And I freaked out and I literally jumped up in the middle of it all and I grabbed my, and just sprinted and ran home going, what the heck was going on, right? Ah, I was really freaking out and, and just went into a bit of a spiral of chaos and did a whole bunch of bad stuff for, for quite a while because I was just so messed up. Um, but, but the thing I wanted to, to, to stop on for a second is that, that sincerity, right? If you'd asked me in the middle of that chanting time, do you sincerely believe this is right? I'd be like, 100%. Man. This, is, this is totally true, right? So one of the little questions, kind of a side question, one of the little questions I want to think about today is this. Can religion be based on sincerity? Can religion be based on sincerity? And all of us would know, we have friends in other religions who sincerely believe 100% that they are right. Um, the Hare Krishnas that I was hanging out with sincerely believe 100% that they are right, that that's the right religion. Um, I've got Hindu friends that sincerely believe they are right. right? I have um, Muslim friends who sincerely believe they are right, etc., etc. So can you base religion on sincerity? Um, and there's a, a cool, and I'm going to say no, obviously. There's a cool quote here. Um, Faith is no more valid than the object in which it is placed, no matter how sincere or intense that faith is. It makes sense, right? Faith is always only as, as valuable, as strong as whatever the faith is put in, right? Um, so if I sincerely believe 100% that 1 plus 1 equals 5, doesn't make it true, right? <laughs> if I have two oranges and I add them together, I don't know how that works, I, I don't come out with five oranges. I come out with two oranges, no matter how much I want to believe that. Does it make sense? Shot. Good feedback. Okay, um, if I'm walking across Victoria Bridge, I always come across Victoria Bridge to come to, um, to the city. If I'm walking across the Victoria Bridge and I believe sincerely, 100%, that if I step off this bridge, I will fly off into the sunset. I totally believe it, 100%, right? When I step off that bridge, do you know what's going to happen? I'm going to fly. No, I'm going to go oh, down into the mighty Waikato Awa, right? Just because I sincerely believe it doesn't mean it's true, right? Sincerity does not equal truth. That's the core thought. Sincerity doesn't equal truth, right? Um, okay, so I want to look at a couple of points. The first one is, um, don't all religions kind of look the same, right? Aren't all religions real the same? And so one of the things you'll hear, if you haven't heard it already, you'll hear it again and again now, is that all religions are basically the same. And a lot of people will use the illustration of a mountain, okay? I don't know if you've heard this. And they'll say, at the top of the mountain, where my nose is, <laughs> There is God or heaven or whatever you want to say. And everyone's just on different sides of the mountain. So there's Islam, there's Hinduism, there's Christianity, there's whatever you want. But we're all basically heading to the same God, the same heaven. So it really doesn't matter which side of the mountain you're heading up. It's all kind of the same. Does it make sense you've heard that stuff? Yeah? So some big leaders in different religions are saying this a lot more now than they were even five or ten years ago. So it's kind of an interesting time. So I want to look at that from a couple of different um, angles. So here's the first one. Um, don't all religions base salvation on actions, right? Um, this is a big one that I've heard. Don't all religions base salvation on, on actions, right? Isn't that a core of 
what it means to be in a religion, that it's all about what I have to do, and I have to do a certain number of things to achieve the top of the mountain, right? Does it make sense? Are you with me? You with me? Cool. Okay. Um, so here we go. I'm going to go pretty quick, um, but I'll just compare some of these religions, right? So here's the first one, um, Buddhism. So Buddhism is all about achieving nirvana, right? All about achieving nirvana. Nirvana is um, a state of nothingness, right? A state of nothingness. And the core desire, well, you shouldn't say desire. The core of Buddhism is to remove yourself from all desire, right? And so the Buddha taught that desire leads to suffering and pain and, and evil. So a core or the core of Buddhism is to get rid of all desire. I want to remove desire from my life because desire leads to, to suffering and to evil and to pain and all that stuff. And this, the way I remove desire is by self-control and, and just deciding not to desire things. But it's also following what they would say is the, the eightfold path to enlightenment. And it's a very strict path. I have to do a whole bunch of stuff. And if I do all this, then I might achieve nirvana, right? I might get to nirvana, which is not really a place to get to because it's about becoming enlightened, right? Um, the way that Buddhists would talk about this is it's kind of crazy. The illustration they would use is if someone achieves nirvana, if they achieve what they would say is heaven, it's like the snuffing out of a candle, right? It's a cessation of existence. You cease to exist and you just become nothing, right? Now, not to be rude, but to be rude, that just doesn't sound super exciting to me, to be honest. <laughs> I don't want to strive my whole life to, to end up just being snuffed out. I'm like, oh, that kind of seems pointless, to be honest, right? Um, so, so remember, we're doing these sides of the mountain. So there one is, it's all works. Uh, and the, the ultimate goal is nothingness, as you cease to exist, right? Um, so one of my friends, Dave, you guys remember Dave, used to be a pastor here at church um, a year or so ago. Um, he, we were talking about this a while ago, and he said he was walking through Garden Place, again, the place where people hand out tracks and stuff, um, and there was some Buddhist monks. You might have seen the Buddhist monks um, around Hamilton. They're in orange robes and stuff. Um, and the Buddhist monk was handing out little books or selling little books. And you know, the reason he was selling the books is to make money so that he could live. And he was trying to sell one to Dave. And so Dave said to him, hang on a minute. This is completely contradictory to true Buddhism because true Buddhism is to remove all desire. And one, you're desiring to sell books, which is wrong. Two, you're desiring to get money. And the reason you're getting money is so that you desire to live. But that's completely contradictory to Buddhism. And he said the monk was like, oh, this is totally wrong, right? And Dave said, really, according to the Buddha, you should go and find a high mountain, sit on it, and just meditate. And the, and the guy was like, oh, because that's totally right, right? And so the goal is to remove desire, which is kind of impossible, to be honest, right? So I thought Dave was hilarious in saying that, just so you know. Okay, so a bit of Buddhism. Um, Hinduism, how do I achieve reunion with Brahma? So again, remember, we're comparing our sides of our mountain. Um, so Hinduism, completely different from Buddhism, right? Totally different from Buddhism. So um, Hinduism, a core of this is, again, it's all to do with works, right? It's all to do with my actions. And a core of Buddhism is to re re achieve reunification with Brahma. So Brahma is not a god. Brahma is a life force that invades everything. So if you've seen Star Wars, who's seen Star Wars? Yep. Evil movie. Can't believe you've seen it. I would never watch it as a good pastor. No, I'm joking. So Star Wars is the classic one, right? There's a force that's through everything and all this kind of crazy stuff. Um, so in Hinduism, the idea is, uh, a core idea is reincarnation, right? And it's all about how I live my life. If I live a good life, I move up the life scale. If I live a bad life, I move down the life scale. And if I was really bad, like some of you, and I won't say any names, but I'm saying your names in my head, you would come back as 
a cow, maybe. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like, if you do good, you go forward. If you do bad, you go down. Some of you are in... I'm fine. Some of you are in a lot of trouble, right? Um, but the ultimate goal is being reunited with Brahma, this, this life force. And uh, if you remember um, Buddhism, it's like snuffing out of a candle, the cessation of existence. Um, in Hinduism, it would be like a drop of water returning to the ocean. A drop of water returning to the ocean. So there's still some sense of existence, but it's quite vaporous, and you just become one with Brahma. That's the idea, right? So you can see how you can't say these religions are the same, because we've only done two, and they're quite different, right? Um, and, and very much based on your own works, right? It's very much based on your own works. Um, the third one, Islam. So um, in Islam, it's how do I achieve uh, jhana? So jhana is what the, um, the Quran tells us is heaven, right? And again, there's variations within Islam, but um, the core of it would say the goal is to achieve um, heaven, to achieve this jhana. And it's really interesting. So the way, um, when you get to jhana, when you get to heaven, bad luck ladies, you're all completely stuffed, right? So bad luck for you guys. Um, but for us guys, when we get to heaven, we get unlimited wine, and you don't get drunk. So it's kind of a good thing. Unlimited wine, unlimited woman, which personally I'm like, it's just the worst idea ever, right? <laughs> I have one wife and I love her, but I just, I couldn't handle more than one lady. I'd just, I'd be disaster. I don't know how this is heaven, right? No, I'm joking. If it was Josephine, I could handle a hundred Josephines because she's amazing. That's my wife. I don't, I'm in a hole now. I don't know how to get out of it. I'll just dig my way over here. I don't know. Um, so unlimited wine, woman, and divine pleasure. That's the other aspect, right? So um, uh, a Muslim, um, it's very much, again, based on works, right? So based on a lot of don'ts. There's a ton of do-nots, a, a ton of things you abstain from. And it's kind of funny. So in, in um, Islam, you abstain from a lot of the things that you want to achieve. So you don't drink because you're going to get unlimited alcohol. You've got to be real careful with ladies because you're going to get unlimited ladies. It's kind of a little bit upside down to me, but anyway. Um, so you can see the difference, right? There's no sniffing out of a candle. There's no, it's real different. So I don't know how people can say these are all one leading to the same place. Um, there's a, a really good book uh, called Islamic Understanding. And in there, they have this little quote about what someone needs to do to achieve heaven, right? And it sounds like Christianity. So let me read it to you. Um, those who may attain to heaven are those who refrain from doing evil, keep their duty, have faith in God's revelation, do good works, are truthful, penitent, uh, heedful, contrite of heart, those who feed the needy and orphans and who are prisoners for God's sake. Um, and, and you read that and you're like, wow, that's really similar. <laughs> um, but again, it's all based on actions, right? It's all based on what you do, um, which obviously I'm going to argue is very different from Christianity in a minute. I was trying to think of an illustration here um, to try and illustrate what I've been talking about. And <laughs> the thing I just keep coming back to is if salvation, if heaven was based on what we do, we're all in a whole bunch of trouble. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> um, I don't know about you, but I sin pretty regularly. <laughs> um, I'm trying to stop, right? I'm fighting it. I'm not just giving in. Um, I mess up. I say dumb things. I think evil thoughts. I, I don't treat people like they're Jesus all the time, right? So if the salvation, if getting to Nirvana or Brahma, whatever you want to call it, right? It's based on my actions, and I'm just in a whole pile of trouble. Does it make sense to you, eh? Yeah? Um, I was thinking of it like this. If I'm a Buddhist, I'm never going to get to nirvana <laughs> based on my actions because I just do evil stuff, right? If I was a Hindu, um, I'd probably be reincarnated as a mosquito 
or a flea, or I was thinking maybe a la cucaracha, so a, a, a cockroach. Who has cockroaches in their house in Hamilton? What is up? We lived in the country hardly ever. Now that we're in Hamilton, every five minutes, la cucaracha, draw, it's like, what is happening? Um, if I was a Muslim, I would never get my wine and my woman and my divine pleasure, because I'm just not that good, right? I'm just not good enough. So if this whole thing was based on me, if the salvation was based on me, I'm just in a whole pile of trouble. Um, how about you just think for a second, eh? If your salvation, your getting to heaven, getting to nirvana, whatever it is, was based on your actions, how would you be doing <laughs> on a scale of 1 to 10? 10, I'm kicking it out of the park, man. I am going to be reincarnated as the president of somewhere amazing. <laughs> or maybe a 1, yeah, I'm probably coming back as a loco gracha, you know? Um, where are you on that kind of scale, eh? Um, okay, um, second point here. Don't all religions basically believe in the same God? Um, don't all religions basically believe in the same God? And I've kind of talked about it right with this mountain. Um, aren't they all just kind of heading to the same kind of God? When you compare the God of these different ones, it's basically the same, just different shades. We understand them differently. So what do these different religions say? This is quite crazy, this, this next little bit, right? So first of all, um, Buddhism, no one knows if there's a God. We don't even know. We don't really know exactly what's at the top because it's a cessation of existence. So we don't really know because anyone who gets there can't tell us. So who knows? Does that make sense? Yes, Craig, it totally makes sense. Thank you for this great preaching. You're the man. No problem. Thanks, team. Ah, good. Um, it's real interesting. A lot of people believe that the Buddha claimed to be a deity, but he never did. And the Buddha was an agnostic. So an agnostic means someone who... So an atheist believes there is no God. An agnostic says, I don't know. I, I don't know if there's a God or not. So Buddha himself said, I, I just don't know what's at the end, right? I don't know. Um, what's going on? And the big part of Buddhism, the same with these other couple of religions, is it's all based on me. It's all based on my works. So even if there is a God, he couldn't help me because it has to be based on what I do. Um, so pretty simple, right? So Hinduism, um, completely different. Everything's God. Everyone's God. So Annette's God, which is terrifying. Amen? No, I'm joking. We love you. I was thinking this week, who can I pick on that I won't get in trouble for picking on? But now I'm regretting my choice, so <laughs> I'll pick on me. Imagine, no, I don't know. So in Hinduism, everything's God. My lectern's God, my water's God, the remote's God, everything's God, right? They're, um, they're pantheistic, pan, all, uh, theo, God. So everything is God, everyone is God. Um, and like a lot of old religions, uh, Hinduism, uh, this whole world is, um, is not true, right? This is not reality. Reality is spiritual. Reality is invisible, right? And we, we can't see it until we get through all this stuff, right? Um, and that goal, again, is to be reunited um, with Brahma, this, this all-pervading force uh, of the universe, right? So you can see it's real different, right? From They're real different. Okay, here's the last one, um, Islam. Um, God exists. I love to say God exists, but he just doesn't care about you. <laughs> so he totally exists, and he's totally personal, but he just doesn't give a rip about humans, which is kind of like, oh, I thought we were kind of close. It's like, no, he's not. So in um, Islamic uh, teaching in the Quran, it's very clear that Allah is personal, but he's also transcendent, right? So transcendent means totally separate from, right? Totally separate from. Um, the, the teaching is that uh, Allah is, he is so majestic and so awesome and so perfect and amazing that the thought of him having anything to do with humans is just crazy. It's just nuts, right? And this is one of the things why a lot of Muslim people have a lot of trouble at first understanding the death of Jesus Christ. 
because it's so contradictory to their teaching because Jesus, we claim, is God, and this God really cares and dies, and they're like, what is happening? This is not true. So, so um, in Islam, God ex- totally exists, which is different from Buddhism, real different from Hinduism, but he just doesn't care about us, right? And, and even if he did, he couldn't interact with us because we're evil, kind of sinful people, right? Okay. So that's a lot of information. I want to transition and talk about Christianity, obviously, right? And I want to start with a bit of a story. Um, I don't know if the story's true or not, but it fits my sermon, so it's really good. Nah, it's a really cool story. And I looked, I did a bunch of researching, and everywhere it comes up, people are like, we don't know if this is true or not, but it fits well, and it's a really cool story. So I'm going to tell you anyway. Okay, okay so Devin Huss tells the story of a, a young boy, um, six or seven, who lived in um, Florida, uh, South Florida, over in America. And he was, came home on the bus, and it was a super hot day, and behind his house was a pond. And so he gets off the bus, and he just boosts across the lawn to jump into the pond. And mum sees him running across. As he's running, he's ripping off his T-shirt, socks, shoes, just dives into the pond. It's like, oh, nice and, nice and cool. His mum sees him dive into the pond, and she comes out to check. And then she sees on the other side of the pond an alligator. And the alligator slips into the pond as well and starts you know, swimming over to um, the boy. The mum freaks out. The mum sprints down the lawn, as a mum would do, just screaming at the boy, right? Just screaming to, to get out of the pond. You know, there's an alligator coming. Finally, the boy hears um, the mum and starts swimming frantically towards the little dock they have. And the mum's on the edge, imagine, you know, reaching out for his son. And just as the son gets to the mum, the alligator gets to the boy. And it ends up in this horrible tug of war, right, between the alligator chomped onto the kid's legs and the mum holding the kid's arms so tightly. And she's screaming, the kid's screaming. Uh, There's a farmer right nearby um, on a tractor who has a gun, jumps off, runs over, shoots the alligator, um, calls an ambulance. The ambulance comes and the kid's in hospital for quite a while because his wounds are so bad. And I love how this ends, right? Um, A reporter comes to ask the kid some stories, some questions about this whole thing. And this is how it finishes. The reporter asked the child if he could see where the alligator had bitten him. With the typical pride of a boy, he showed off his healing wounds to the interested reporter. But wait, said the boy, look at these. (laughs) And with that, he showed the reporter the scars on his arms. I have great scars on my arms too. I have them because my mum wouldn't let go. (laughs) I love that, right? (laughs) Um, I don't know where you are in your relationship with Jesus. But he's really holding on to you, right? <laughs> um, it feels like there's all sorts of alligators in our world at the moment that are trying to, trying to pull us away from God. And I just love that. Look at these, man. Look at these scars. This is where my mum wouldn't let go. Um, you have s- spiritual scars, can I say that? Um, on your soul. <laughs> Satan wants to consume you. He wants to devour you. This crazy society we're living in is, wants to consume you, wants to devour you, but God is holding on to you so tightly. He will never let you go, right? I, I just love that. Okay, let's look a little bit at um, the Christianity, and I want to compare it to those religions that I looked at. Again, remember we're comparing, can they all be one? Is it the same at the top? What's else going on? Um, so the first thing is you saw real clearly that um, all those religions I looked at, and I just chose those three, right, are very much based in our efforts. You saw that, right? That was clear? It's very much based on what I do, right? What I do. And if I do enough, I might attain nirvana or reunification with Brahma or jhana or you know, whatever it is, right? Um, so, but look at Christianity. It's just completely different, as you guys know, right? 
completely different. This is one of my favorite verses, and Victoria read this before. Thanks, Victoria. Um, so from Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. I just love that beginning, because we all have to go, Amen, right? The wages of sin is death. Again, if it was based on our efforts, we're stuffed. <laughs> if it's based on you being good enough, or me being good enough to attain, we'll never attain it, Right? Um, for a lot of us, our bad, <laughs> I shouldn't say you, for me, I'm pretty sure my bad outweighs my good. <laughs> so even if it was a scale, let's see, has Craig done enough good to outweigh the bad? I think the scale would be like, the bad's way heavier, you know. Um, if it's based on us, it's death. We just, but I love to say, I, I was thinking about it this week, and I know a lot of people say the best word in the Bible is love or Jesus, but I always reckon it's but. <laughs> I reckon it's but. <laughs> The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. It's a gift, man. It's not based on your works because your works are just not good enough. And God knows that, right? And he comes to you and he goes, you can't earn this thing. You can't earn heaven. You can't earn salvation. You can't earn my love. You can't earn my protection. So I give it to you freely, right? It's a free gift. I love that, eh? I love that. Um, here's a little quote from um, Paul Little. This is a book I was reading this week. Um, he says this, In other religions, good works are an in order to. In Christianity, they are a therefore. In other religions, good works are the means by which one hopes to earn salvation. In Christianity, salvation is received as a free gift through the finished work of Christ. The therefore good works becomes an imperative love of God. Or as another has put it, other religions are do and Christianity is done. Um, I, I love that. Eh? I love the second part, especially that, that we do good works, right? We want to love people and serve God, but it's not so that he will, because he already has done, right? It's a, it's a free gift that he gives us. Um, oh, I just love it. I love how, I say this really, well, I don't say this carefully. I love how completely different Christianity is. It's, if you're coming up with a religion, this is nuts, Right? This is just nuts. Gods don't die for people. They do what we saw in those other ones. They say, you work really hard, you be really good, and you might attain nirvana, reunification of Brahma. In Christianity, God's like, nah, it's totally not based on you. It's not based on your efforts, how good you are, how shiny you are. It's based on my love for you. It's a free gift. Oh, it's good though, eh? You with me? Oh, I, I got very excited this week comparing these because it's like, man, Christianity rocks. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Hey, if you've got your Bible, jump over. I just want to read this again with us. Um, Romans 3. Oh, and massive apology. So normally I have tons of verses, right? And normally I, I have a rule. I don't want to go more than about five or six minutes without us looking in the Bible. But because I had to look at those other religions, I couldn't. I, and I was like, ah, we're not going to get verses for like 20 minutes. I'm freaking out. But, but you made it through. So good on you. We didn't die because we didn't read verses. Hey, let me read a little bit of this. And again, we're thinking about this free gift of God and that's not based on our efforts. So again, Victoria read this before, but I just want to read um, a few of these. So Romans 3, um, 22 to 24. Uh, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. Why? Because everyone has sinned. We're on the same line, Right. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. His standard is perfection, right? Everyone falls short of perfection. Um, yet God in his grace freely, there's that word again, eh? He freely makes us right in his sight. 
He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. Um, this just, uh, that pond illustration just really got to me this week. Um, in Islam and Hinduism and Buddhism, there's just no one to tell you to swim away because an alligator's coming. Because you don't even know if there's a God or not or he's impersonal. Um, there's certainly no one to hold your arms while you're attacked and not let go. But this is the thing that blows my mind, right? <laughs> in Christianity, God doesn't just stand on the shore yelling at you. <laughs> and he also doesn't just reach down and hold you. In Christianity, God jumps into the pond, right? <laughs> he jumps into the pond and takes the attack of the alligator. That's what Jesus did on the cross, right? He doesn't just say, hey, good luck with that sin, people. <laughs> Jesus became sin for us. I just love that analogy, right? He, take, he jumps in <laughs> the pond and says to the alligator, to sin and to evil, take me, man. Don't take them. They can't handle it. Don't take them. <laughs> it's like we're sitting on the dock all safe um, while Jesus gets the hits. Oh, I, I just love that, eh? I love that. Um, don't forget one of the questions we're thinking of is that all religions basically the same, right? They believe in the same God. Um, and just a couple of other verses real quick here. Um, I'd put these on the screen again. Um, John 14, 6, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. It's impossible to argue that all religions are the same when one of the religions is like, they're all wrong. <laughs> I'm the only one that's right. I am the way, not our way. I am the truth and not our truth, right? I am the life, not our life. So this is one of the things that's getting us in trouble as Christians and going to get us in a whole bunch of trouble in the years to come is that when it comes to salvation, we are just super intolerant, <laughs> We love people and we care for them, right? But at the end of the day, we say we're right. And like it or not, you're wrong. <laughs> so we can't all be on different sides because one of the sides is saying the other sides are wrong because I am the way to, to heaven, to God. To, uh, I love that. Eh? Um, same thing over in Acts 4.12. Um, there is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved, right? Jesus is the only Way of salvation, so exclusive, eh? Oh, I love that. Hey, I want to finish with a, um, a bit of a quote by, um, by Bono here. Um, and I'd love him or hate him. He's an incredibly strong Christian, right? And a lot of people, he, he does crazy stuff, but last time I checked, <laughs> we all do crazy stuff too, right? Um, and I want to finish this quote. So this is from an interview um, with this guy, um, Machea Asayas. I don't know how to say his name. And... It's just real interesting. It's reflecting on karma. And at the beginning, you're going to be like, no, he's going Hindu, but then just track with him. It's a real long quote. I was just going to read it to you, but I think it, you can get it better when you see it on the screen. So that was kind of my, um, my little theory with this. So let me read this. Um, so this is in an interview with Bono. Right? If you don't know who Bono is, so he's like one of the greatest um, artists or whatever you want to say on the planet, right? You too? You're with me, eh? You guys know who you are. Okay, thank you. Everyone I was freaking out. Like, everyone's like, who is this Bono? What are you saying? I'm like, or oh, Bono? I don't know how you say it. All right. I, I love this quote, right? So this is from an interview with him. So he's talking about salvation. So this is Bono. What you put out comes back to you. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Or in physics, in physical laws, every action is met by an equal or opposite one. It's clear to me that karma is at the very heart of the universe. I'm absolutely sure of it. And this is an expert school. And yet, along comes this idea called grace to upend all that as you reap, so you will sow stuff. 
Grace defies reason and logic. Love interrupts, if you like, the consequences of your actions, which in my case is very good news indeed, because I've done a lot of stupid stuff. Isn't that a great quote? I love that, man. It's a bit, it carries on a bit. Um, it doesn't excuse my mistakes, but I'm holding out for grace. I'm holding out that Jesus took my sins onto the cross because I know who I am, and I hope that I don't have to depend on my own religiosity. Indeed, something akin to karma is at work in the world. The Bible tells us that the law, summarized in the Ten Commandments, represents God's moral will for how we are to live. And this, this is the last bit. God's law reveals to us that our sinful acts require a moral response from God. But God's grace interrupts that eye-for-an-eye response in an amazing way. At the cross, God's justice is fully satisfied by the sinless life of Jesus. And God's grace enables our forgiveness and the gift of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Grace is at the foundation of the life of a disciple. We start in grace and we're sustained by grace. Oh, I just love that quote, right? I love how it just, he starts off talking about karma. It's like, grace interrupts. It's illogical. It's totally illogical that God loves you, (laughs) that God loves me, despite our sin, despite our evil, despite our failings. He he loves us, right? Let's all stand up. Let me pray for us. Um, And again, eh, I'm, (laughs) I don't even know what the word is. I'm just so thankful God just didn't sit on the side of the pond <laughs> and call to me to swim. Um, he jumps in and he, he takes the alligator for me of, of sin and evil and <laughs> suffering and that just blows me away. Um, yeah, I know my failings, you know your failings and God still loves you and thinks you're incredible <laughs> and awesome, which is just illogical like he said, right? Let me pray for us, yeah. Yeah, um, kia ora, almighty God, creator of heaven and earth um, and the sustainer of all things. I don't know. I, I just honestly find the comparison between you and these other religions just crazy, God. It's just so, so different. They are just so based on works. It's just so based on what we do. Um, whereas our relationship with you is, is completely not based on what we do because we're messed up, fallen people. <laughs> oh, I thank you for making it so clear to us. Hey, this is a free gift. Um, this is a free gift available to everyone. It's everyone's sin. We're all on the same plane. None of us measure up to your perfect standard. We're not even close. Yeah, I thank you that you do. Uh, well, I thank you that you're not like Allah. <laughs> who is uh, majestic and awesome, but he's also transcendent. I thank you that you are intimate with us. <laughs> I feel like you should be transcendent because we're pretty messed up and you're, you're, you're totally perfect, but you're not because of your love and your care and your desire to be with us. It's just incredible. Yeah, thank you that you journey with us, you indwell us, uh, you empower us, you guide us, you direct us, you bless us. Uh, and we know we don't deserve it. We know it's based on your love and your care for us and we just kind of shake our heads and go, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Yeah, Jesus, thanks. I know it's a messed up analogy, Jesus, but thanks for like jumping in the pond <laughs> for us. Um, we know if it was left to us, <laughs> the alligator would eat us pretty quick. Um, yeah, thank you for taking our sin 
Uh, thank you for taking our shame uh, on yourself because you just, you really love us. You really do. You believe that we are awesome and we are incredible, even when we don't believe it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're in awe of our salvation. Uh, we're in awe of how um, loving and generous and kind you are, God. Yeah, I pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Yeah, amen. Amen. Cool. Hey, stay standing. We're going to just sing another song, and then we're going to have some. Um, Annette's going to lead us in a prayer.